Well, hey there, writer. Welcome to the Resilient Writers Radio Show. I'm your host, Rhonda Douglas, and this is the podcast for writers who want to create and sustain a writing life they love. Because, let's face it, the writing life has its ups and downs, and we want to not just write, but also to be able to enjoy the process so that we'll spend more time with our butt in chair getting those words on the page. This podcast is for writers who love books and everything that goes into the making of them. For writers who want to learn and grow in their craft and improve their writing skills. Writers who want to finish their books and get them out into the world so their ideal readers can enjoy them. Writers who want to spend more time in that flow state. Writers who want to connect with other writers to celebrate and be in community in this crazy roller coaster ride we call the writing life. We are resilient writers. We're writing for the rest of our lives and we're having a good time doing it. So, welcome, writer. I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump right into today's show. Well, hey there, writer. Welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Writers Radio Show. I'm excited to have with me today Esther Schultz. Esther is the author of um, several books now in women's fiction and in particular women's historical fiction, which we're going to dive into today. I'm holding um, the most recent one, I think, Song of the Lake. And she's a freelance writer and she lives in central Minnesota with her family. And you can find more about Esther at, at theestherschultz.com. Um, and we'll put that in the show notes so you know where to find. Hi, Esther. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited I'm, to be here. I'm delighted to talk to you. So. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you got started writing. Like, when did you, it's, it's kind of a two-part question. Like, when did you decide you were a writer? But when did you take it seriously? Like, really dive all in? Sure. Um, so I get that question a lot. And it, it sounds silly, but I've been writing my entire life. Um, I used to write poems and sonnets, and I always was creating stories in my head. Um, and in my early 20s, I thought, oh, I'd really just love to write as my my career and that sort of thing but I just didn't really believe that that's was in the cards for me because there was a lot of self-doubt on my own ability um and then in 2020 my in-laws moved in with us they were having some health problems and my mother-in-law um I was talking to her one day and I was like you know I'm a closet writer (laughs) She was like, what are you talking about? So I told her that I, I write a lot and, but I don't ever do anything with it. And she's like, well, I want to, I want to read your work because she was an avid reader. And so, um, she read my first book that came out. Um, it was a very, very rough draft. Um, and when she got done reading it, she was like, Esther, this is, this is good. You need to do something with this. You have a gift. Um, and so I, did some research on going traditional versus the independent route. And um, I really just wanted to kind of focus on the independent route um, because I wanted to just control my own work. And um, the idea of going traditional terrified me. (laughs) Um, So um, I was like, you know what? I I like the idea of controlling my work and controlling um, when I get it done and, and all of that. And so mm-hmm. I decided to go the independent route. I found a really amazing editor. She has been fantastic to work with. I've learned a lot from her. 
Um, And um, I published um, What Lies Across the Sea, my first book in 2021. Um, And in fact, it came out, um, my author copy came in the mail one week before my mother-in-law passed away. So really incredible to be able to show her this because she really was one of the main reasons I went for it um, because I'd never had anybody read my work and just really believe in me that way. So um, yeah, Yeah. that book is dedicated to her. So I, I went for it and I haven't looked back. I've published a book a year since then. So I came out with um, Great Water, Big Sea in 2022 Mm -hmm. and Song of the Lake just this year. And I'm working on my next book in the series, the Willow Bay series, um, hoping for it to come out next end of next summer, beginning of fall next, next year, 2024. So. Wow. What's your mother? What was your mother-in-law's name? Barb Schultz, Barbara Schultz. Barbara. Good for you, Barbara. We all need someone to just kind of, you know, who believes in us just (laughs) a little bit more than we do to kind of keep us going. So amazing. What a great story. So, and why historical fiction in particular? Like, what is it about? um, And and your books are set in Minnesota where you live. Correct. Yeah. Something about Minnesota generating them or something else in terms of the historical angle? Um, I just, I've always loved history. Um, When I first went to school, I thought maybe I'd be a history teacher, which that Mm -hmm. never happened. But I just have always loved history. Um, we were the family that anytime we traveled, we were stopping at any historical site that you could, you know, that you could come to. And I just fell in love with history and I love learning about things and, um, you know, just kind of where we've come from and even in my own family. Um, but then uh, nine years ago, we moved to Minnesota and I just fell in love with the state. Yeah. And we went to Lake Superior for the first time and it just... I was so inspired to write Amazing something. Landscape, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, so I just, I was inspired to write something about Minnesota. And I started writing actually the third book in the series, the Willow Bay series. And I was so in love with these characters that I went back at the beginning and started Great Water, Big Sea. And I ended up publishing that book. And now I'm finishing the book three in the series, the Willow Bay series now. But I just, I don't know. I love history. I've always loved history. I love learning new things about things that have happened in history. And um, it's just been a lot of fun to get to know the state that I fell in love with in a more intimate way. So, and I, I tend to, a lot of the books, a lot of projects that I have either on my laptop or in my head that, you know, because my goal is to publish a book a year for the next 20 years. And I so, love that. Um, you know, I just, I keep coming back to history and I think it's just because I love it so much. And I like to tell those parts of history that we may have forgotten or that we may not know about. So Mm, love that. And how did you make the decision to do a series like, and related to that, like, have you planned out the whole thing or, you know, how many more books are there? Like what, what was your thinking around series versus standalone? Um, I originally was going to just write one book, but then, you know, I started writing book three and there were a lot of little hints of the history of this town and this family. And I was just like, I really want to tell the story and go back to the beginning and you know, which they're, of course, fictional characters. So it sounds silly to say that out loud, but (laughs) I just, 
I just really wanted to go back and tell the story. There's, you know, there's um, Minnesota is very rich in Swedish and Norwegian Scandinavian Mm -hmm. immigrants who've come over um, and settled in the Minnesota area. And so, you know, I just, I wanted to go back and kind of tell that story, but I wanted to incorporate Lake Superior. So I decided to go back and, and start from the beginning of this family's, you know, coming over from Sweden. And, you know, I, it just, it kind of developed at first, I thought, okay, I'm just going to do a trilogy. But then I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was like, you know, I could see this being more of a series. And so I was like, I'm not going to call it a trilogy. I'm going to call it a series. And so I have plans for a book four and I have an idea of how that's going to all come into play. And I have ideas of how to, you know, do maybe some spinoff books, uh, just kind of incorporating the same Nielsen family in the Willow Bay area and the Willow Bay town. So it just kind of started out as one book, but then it kind of morphed into this big bigger project than what I originally intended. I think that for for indie publishing in particular, series are really great because it lets readers kind of find you, get to know you, and then, you know, they're anticipating what's next. Right. Yeah. So um, this Nielsen family, um, are they based on anyone in particular? They are not. Um, it's a complete, you know, it's it's based on being inspired by those who came to this country looking for a new beginning. And, um, you know, it was it was hard for them to leave everything behind. And um, my my family is Prussian. In fact, mm. I have ideas of of another another book or maybe series of telling my own family's story. Um, because they actually came over from Prussia and, and settled in Minnesota. Um, so there's definitely a, a strong German-Prussian story as well, which, you know, I think would be really fun to write and kind of honor my my personal history. But yeah, I just, um, I forgot where I was going with that. But <laughs> they just appeared out of nowhere, the way characters. Yeah, did. yeah. They just, you know, they just appeared out of nowhere. And I just, you know, I I love creating characters and watching them develop into these people, essentially, that, you know, fictional people, but I, it's, it's a lot of fun for me to, to sit down and create these characters and just kind of watch them grow into their own entities. So mm, yeah, we get so attached, hey, they really do become yeah. real to us. Yeah. 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 Which always sounds weird, but it, just, it does. You know, but it it's is. true. Yeah. It's it's the fun part of it. So yeah, yeah. And um, when you decided to go indie, what was the learning curve like? Because I'm looking at your book, and I'm looking at the cover. And, you know, readers can't see the cover, but it's quite gorgeous. Like it's got a backdrop of there, and then there's a woman in a period dress staring off um, into kind of some dark clouds rolling over the lake. And you know, it looks traditionally published. It's a, it's a good cover. Um, How did you, you know, that learning curve, I think can be steep. Yes. Steep. And so tell us about the first one and what that was like for you. Um, Oh my goodness. A lot of, a lot of tears. Every (laughs) that comes out, there's always tears and always questioning, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? But, um, but I love it too much to stop, you know, and um, but it was, you know, I learned a lot, my first book, because I, I went into that first book, thinking to myself, I will have succeeded if I get it published, and have a book in my hand. Um, 
I didn't sell too many copies, but I sold more than I thought that I would because I didn't really market it in any way. It was just word of mouth and family and and friends supporting me. And um, there's a couple of independent bookstores in the area that have really been supportive of my work. And um, so that's been really helpful in getting my name out into the community. And um, but it just, you know, I went into it knowing I had no idea what I was doing. And I accepted that for what it was. And anytime I made a mistake, it was just like, you know what, that's just one more thing I've learned of what not to do or a better way to do it. My first cover, um, I had hired um, a company to do it for me and it just wasn't looking right. It wasn't feeling right. So in the last minute, I was like, I'm just going to do it myself. And oh, so wow. my first cover, I went ahead and just went for it. And it it looks, it's got its mistakes all over it, you know, but I'm proud of it because I created that. And um, the book cover on that one was last minute. So the next two, I, I actually designed and created, have created all of my covers. So the fact that you're saying that it looks traditional is. Yes, it totally does. Compliment. Thank you. I had a friend of mine help me with the font on Song of the Lake and yeah. kind of helping me with the colors, but um, I designed it and, you know, she helped me kind of put those finishing touches on it. But, you know, I just. Did you have any design experience before you did that? No, I, I didn't. I love art though. And I love to create things. And so it, it was kind of a, it's been kind of a fun process to mm-hmm. start with one idea and then kind of watch the cover mold into this new thing. Um, there's a part of me that would love to eventually find someone who I could work well with and create. Yeah, yeah. Covers. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I would want to have a lot of hands-on because I get an idea of what I want it to look like in my head. And um, so, but it's, you know, definitely a learning curve. I was just excited that I got the book out um, and that I did the thing, right? Like it just never thought it would be anything in my wildest dreams that I could ever do. And, um, you know, it was a dream that I had as a young kid, but never thought that it was possible. And with every book that I've written since then, I've learned a ton. I, Like I said, I found an amazing editor and she really has helped me a lot. She suggested some books to read, you know, some different podcasts to listen to. And it's definitely a learning curve and you just got to take it for what it is. And, you know, you're going to get harsh feedback at times, but you got to just take it and see what you can learn from it. And mm-hmm. it's holds weight and value you you learn and move on or you know or you just let it go so yeah has your editor edited other indie publishers indie authors as well I believe so she's um she's definitely worked with other independent authors I'm not sure how many um what attracted me to her is I was on a Facebook group I don't remember now but it was for independent authors and I was looking for editor for an editor and what attracted me to her is she she said that she really liked to work with newer authors to kind of help them grow but also she would she she could be very honest and that's what I needed is someone who would be very honest with me not harsh but honest and right. because I knew that I didn't know what I was doing and so and I still have so much to learn I've learned a ton but I know there's always room for growth. Right. So, but she really, I, you know, knowing that she would be fully honest with me is what attracted me to her, but in a kind way. And so 
you know, she's, she's very blunt at times, but that's what I need is someone who's right. going to be, Esther, this, this is, I know what you're trying to say, but this, right. yeah. Yeah. So you want to share her name? Um, yes. It's, it's Jean Felf. Jean Felf. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Well, she's done a good job. And, you know, I think that often when people think about self-publishing, they think that they're going to write the book, they're going to put it in a Word document. They're going to run a spell check and it's going to be good to go. And I think that working with an editor is so, so smart. Oh my gosh. Uh, just for the book, but also all the learning you're talking about. Like if you, if you look back to that first book, you must just feel like you're a different writer altogether. Oh, absolutely. Um, there is a level of growth with every book that I've come out. And I, I, granted, I've only come out with three so far. But, um, I mean, you can, you can see my writing style and you can see my voice in every book, but I, I feel like I've matured as a writer with every book that I've come out with. And, um, I think having an editor and having that group of people that can give you feedback Mm -hmm. is so important because I, for example, you know, you can write a sentence and you can read it a hundred times, but you know, in your head, what you're trying to say, and you're going to miss to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You're going to miss those misspelled words or words are going to be backwards, you know, or, or it's just not as, you know, vivid as it could be if you just replaced one verb or something. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I'm, I'm not finished it, but I'm well into it. And it, it reads traditional too. Like it reads well, it's, it's well-written. Like there's no, I'm not reading it thinking, you know, oh, this is indie published, which is, you know, honestly, like the best of indie publishing today, right? Where people are committing fully and doing the editorial work and, you know, taking on the full creative project and putting out really quality reads that send readers back to them for the next book. So yeah, you've done it. You've done it. It's great. Thank you so much. That, that means a lot because I really want to create quality and Mm -hmm something where people want to come back and read more of my work. So, yeah. 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 And the thing about indie author in being an indie author, although it's a little bit true for traditional as well, is, you know, you're your own marketing department. Now mm-hmm. publishers have expectations of traditional right. um, published writers as well, but for sure, you're just like a hundred percent. It's you and it's you. Right. So how have you approached the marketing? How do you fit that in with, you know, because you're, you're the publisher, you're the marketer, and then you're hoping to get the next book out. So how do you fit that together? Um, You know, I, I've had to do a lot of thinking outside the box and something that I've, I've done, you know, I, I've had my work um, in a magazine um, where they, they spotlight on my book. And, you know, so that was really great. Um, And I've, I've tried to do a lot of word of mouth. I've tried to do different events where it's just the author events in my area, but I've stayed pretty local. Um, and then I, this year I was like, I've got to get my name out there. And so I, I've started doing vendor events, which was really hard for me. Cause I was like, okay, I feel like I'm taking a step backwards, but I was like, I want people to come to an author event, like at say a winery or a bookstore, mm. but they don't know who I am. Right. So how can I expect them to be excited if they don't haven't even heard my name? And so I I decided to do vendor events this year and it's been a really, vendor event. 
I don't, I don't know what a vendor. Event oh, is. so it's like a craft fair. So people, oh. yeah. So um, they, they have different vendors that are there selling different, okay. different products and they, they have crafters. They're selling things that they have created and made. And, you know, at first I was like, I'm so embarrassed that this is my marketing strategy, but then I was like, you know what, who cares? It's what's mm-hmm. going and it's getting my name out there. And I was so excited. I was at an event um, the beginning of November. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I've heard of you. And I was so shocked. And she <laughs> was like, it's got to be, you know, I think my sister or an aunt or someone had seen me at another event. And I thought, wow, this is really working. And so, you know, I, I figure it can't hurt. And sometimes you have to think outside the box and I'm, I'm still in the process of learning the best way to market my work. Mm-hmm. Um, that first year I was like, I, I'm not even going to think about marketing. I'm just happy that I got the book out and I considered that to be successful. Um, and last year I really did try to do more events, single events, but I decided, you know what, I really, if I'm going to do this full bore, then I've really got to figure out a different marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. So I am just thinking outside of the box and just trying new things and some things work and some things don't. And, you know, I figure whatever happens, happens. Do more of what works. Do more of what works. Yeah. 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 So what's your writing process like in the middle of this? Like, are you, so I I did want to know if you were, because you're working on a series, are you plotting? Are you pantsing? Are you somewhere in the middle? Um, so I am in the in the process. How I do it is I just sit down and it's like I I just get the whole story out. Okay. And then as I'm writing the story, if I get stuck or whatever, I'll go back and reread what I've written and mm-hmm. which I find myself then editing <laughs> as I read. So I kind of do this, just writing, get it all out on paper, kind of an editing process as I'm going. Um, I don't outline. I know some authors do outline. Um, I get confused when I outline and I just want to sit down and write it. Once I start outlining, I'm like, no, I just want to sit down and write the story. It just needs to come out. So um, I just sit down and I, I write. I, I write as much as I can. I It can be challenging. I have four kids. Um, but my husband is very supportive. They're, my oldest is 20. She's in college. And then I have a 10-year-old and then seven-year-old twins. Um, so before school started, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually like, can't believe that I got what lies across the sea and great water, big sea out when I did, cause I was in the middle of COVID and the kids were home from school, but my husband is super supportive and he can tell when I'm in that writing mode. And mm. when I get in that mode, I get up in the morning and that's all I do is I just sit there and write. And then he'll bring me food and say, you probably should eat something. It's two o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. Oh, and then wow. I'll write until my brain hurts, literally, <laughs> until eight o'clock. And then um, I do a lot of big chunk writing that way. Um, but if I'm like, oh, I really like this idea, I'll kind of just jot it down and then make sure I incorporate it later in the story or where I want to fit it in. So, yeah. wow. Okay. So you said you want to do a book a year for 20 years. Correct. So that's that's the dream. And yeah. will they all be set in Minnesota? Like, are you... Are you kind of, you know, really invested in in continuing to explore Minnesota and its history? Um, I, some books are going to be in Minnesota, but I have a project um, that takes place in like England and the colonies. And then I have a project that I have in mind that I just was in France. And so I was in, I'm inspired to write a 
historical fiction book about a character that goes from from the U.S. to France. And um, Mm. we went to this amazing villa while we were there. And I, this amazing woman, she was ahead of her time. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to incorporate that character, that person, real life person in my story somehow. So, you know, there's just, um, it's a few series you're thinking of, or are they all series? Are they these series you're thinking of, or you don't know yet? I don't know yet. Uh, the The one that I was talking about where it's my family, I definitely mm-hmm. would see that being a series. Um, but I don't know. It, it just depends on how it comes together. The Willow Bay series, I wasn't expecting it to be a series, but it, it has become that. Um, but, um, you know. Is Willow I, Bay a real town? No. It's not. It's fiction. Oh, you mean, okay. Yeah. But it's inspired by, there's a few different towns along the North Shore of, of Lake Superior in Minnesota. Um, there's, you know, Grand Marais and two harbors and Silver Bay. And there's, there are these beautiful coastal towns. And I just wanted to kind of create my own town, but kind of inspired by, by those towns. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. So, um, as you know, this is the Resilient Writers Radio Show. And the last question I always ask people is, what does it mean to you? to be a resilient writer? Like if I say, oh, we're resilient writers, what what comes up for you? That's a great question. Um, to me, it's just to keep going. Mm. You know, I there's so many obstacles that are going to come up in life. And so many times when I was younger, I would say, I, I want to write, but I don't have time. It's not in the cards right now because I don't have time. And I had someone tell me one time, well, Time's going to go by no matter anyway, what. Yep. And you might as well be doing what you love. And so to me, it's just to keep going and keep getting back up when you get those setbacks or when you're doubting yourself, you know, when the tears are flowing and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> no one's going to read this garbage. <laughs> you know, it's just to keep going and to just remembering why I'm doing it, which is because I love it so much. I love to create characters. I love to tell stories. I love to incorporate a little bit of myself and a little little bit of my own story in each, you know, mm-hmm. book that I create. And um, yeah, it's just to keep going even when it gets hard. So yeah. So good. Well, and um, another nod to Barbara who got you um, out of the closet and into the world. <laughs> novels which is amazing and so book four is coming out when uh I am shooting for end of the summer uh beginning of the fall that's about the time that I usually get my books out is usually it's been um around September October so yeah great that's good well good luck with it I'll look forward to it thank you thanks so much for being here Esther absolutely thank you for having me Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and for listening all the way to the end. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Resilient Writers Radio Show. While you're here, I would really appreciate it if you'd consider leaving a rating and review of the show. You can do that in whatever app you're using to listen to the show right now, and it just takes a few minutes. Your ratings and reviews tell the podcast algorithm gods that yes, this is a great show. Definitely recommend it to other writers. And that will help us reach new listeners who might need a boost in their writing lives today as well. So please take a moment and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. And I promise to read every single one. Thank you so much. Thank you.